Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. As always, it is a pleasure to be with you. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a fantastic start to your Friday. We now know what the stage looks like. The stage is set for the 2021 NLCS. It'll be the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer the Talking Chop podcast, and the Road to Atlanta podcast, plus all the great podcast playoff coverage from Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com and at all forms, uh, uh, at Talking Chop on all forms of social media. Of course, you can find Battery Power on YouTube and, of course, all the great written content at TalkingChop.com as well. You can find myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So actually, before we shift back to Atlanta, For the start of the NLCS, we'll first shift our focus to last night's exciting action. Action that went to almost 1 o'clock a.m. in the Eastern time zone between the Giants and the Dodgers. And it was an absolute clash of titans between the majors' two best teams this year. Logan Webb was absolutely fantastic for the Dodgers. Seven innings only allowing one run. The Dodgers' bullpen, before it handed the ball off to Julio Horias, was the same. Arias was spectacular. Both offenses were certainly stifled. Darren Ruff was able to tie the game one-to-one in the middle innings for the Giants, and it certainly felt like it was a back-and-forth matchup. But as I had mentioned on the Daily Hammer yesterday, one of the biggest reasons why I preferred the Giants over the Dodgers is because I felt that in a series where you were going to play the same opponent back-to-back-to-back, More often than not, natural talent was going to be more valuable. It was going to be the the, uh, source of advantage that stood out more often than not. And that that is what occurred in the ninth inning of last night's game. The Giants lineup simply was deeper. Gavin Lux, or Justin Turner being hit by a pitch, Gavin Lux being able to get a, a, a single to right field, and then Cody Bellinger coming through with the big hit, as we all know he is certainly able to do despite his struggles this year, and the Dodgers were able to win the game 2-1. to one. Not only were the Dodgers with the deeper lineup able to create and convert a scoring opportunity, they just so happened to be able to close the game with arguably the best pitcher of our generation in Max Serger. And so this for the same reason that the Dodgers were able to overcome the Giants, that was the reason why I personally, and it seemed like others as well, had hoped that it would be the Giants that would be the Braves' opponent than the Dodgers. But at the end of the day, the Braves were going to have to overcome. They were going to have to win against a team that certainly, throughout the entirety of this season, 
had been much better in terms of success. And this time around, it once again is the Los Angeles Dodgers. I talked about it earlier, you know, or actually back in the month of September, I talked about it with Eric Cole. We talked about, or excuse me, Scott Coleman. I talked about how it always seemed like it was the NL West that the Braves were going to have to make their way through in order to get to where they wanted to go which obviously is a chance at a World Series championship. And once again, we find ourselves facing that exact obstacle, facing the Dodgers. This will be the third time that the Braves will face the Dodgers in this four-year stretch of division championships. And we all know, obviously, that in 2018, they were outmatched by the Dodgers. Last year, unfortunately, gave up a 3-1 to lead. This time around, though the Braves may not have Ronald Acuna Jr., Mike Soroka, and others, they do have experience on their side. They do have the confidence in knowing they can win on the road against the Dodgers. And one other big factor that comes into play this time around that has not been there against the Dodgers in quite a while when it comes to playoff opportunities for the Braves is home field advantage at Truist Park. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Even before the stage was officially set in terms of it actually being known who the Braves' opponent would be in the NLCS, Major League Baseball did come out and announce the times in which Games 1 and Game 2 of the NLCS would be played. It starts Saturday night. Of course, the setting will be Truist Park in Atlanta. It'll start at 8.07 p.m. Eastern, 7.07 p.m. Central Time. And then since Games 1 and 2 will be in Atlanta. Game 2 on Sunday will be 7.37 Eastern, 6.37 Central Time. And of course, the days are also known when it comes to these games. Games 1 and 2 will start tomorrow night, Saturday night, and then obviously Game 2 will be Sunday. Games 3, 4, and 5 will be next week, which will be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, which obviously will be at Dodger Stadium, you know, if necessary for Game 5. And then next Friday, a week from today, will be an off day, and the next Saturday and Sunday would be Game 6 and 7 back at Truist Park if the series goes that long. But of course, now that the Braves know that they're going to be at home and they're going to be facing the Dodgers, another big narrative to follow over the next 36 hours will be how the Braves plan to align their starting rotation. Obviously, it seems pretty clear, it seems to be a very good bet that Max Freed will go in Game 1, as he was last used a week ago on Saturday to win Game 2 in Milwaukee. Charlie Morton was used for three-plus innings, I believe nearly 70 pitches on Tuesday to help win Game four. So Max Fried will obviously be used for game one 
tomorrow night. But when it comes to the idea of whether to potentially start Ian Anderson or to start Charlie Morton, in my opinion, I feel that it's pretty clear that the Braves should start Morton. I feel the Braves should go Max Freed, Charlie Morton, and Ian Anderson. Now, I know that that would put Ian Anderson at Dodger Stadium for Game 3, a, a pitcher who still technically is in his rookie season, even though he has plenty of postseason experience. But for that reason itself is why I'm okay with the idea of Ian Anderson going in Game 3 in Dodger Stadium, especially with the fact that it'll be more than a week since he had last pitch. But the two even bigger reasons why I feel that the Braves should go Max Reed in Game 1 and Charlie Morton in Game 2 are pretty simple. The Braves are going to be the underdog in this series. There's a reason why, in the case of the Braves and the Dodgers, the Braves had 18 less wins. The Dodgers simply, just like last year, are one of the most talented teams we've seen in, qu in quite a while in the majors. And though they'll be without Clayton Kershaw and likely be without Max Muncy, I do feel that it's pretty clear the Dodgers have the deeper lineup when it comes to them and the Braves, and obviously they have the deeper pitching staff as well. And so for that reason, if the Braves are going to be the underdog, they need to be as aggressive as possible and feature one of the strongest parts of their team as much as possible to have the best chance to win. And so that's why I feel with being at home and with the fact that you'll be able to start Max Freed in Game 1 with more than enough rest and Charlie Morton in Game 2 with regular rest, you do that all day long so that you hopefully have the best chance to win Games 1 and 2 or at the very least get a series split going back to Los Angeles. But the other thing is also simple mathematics. If you start both Charlie or Max Reed and Charlie Morton in games one and two, as Brad Rowland and I and others discussed over at Talking Chop earlier um, yesterday, if you start Max Reed and Charlie Morton in games one and two, that means that you're aligning yourself to be able to use them again, likely on regular rest, in games five and six. So that means in the first six games of this series, against the Dodgers, you're able to start Max Reed or Charlie Morton in four of those six games. In the other game, you're able to start Ian Anderson, and that means you only have one game where you're going to either have to go a bullpen game or go with a starter that you, you don't necessarily have the same level of confidence in as you do Freed, Morton, and Anderson. But that's what it comes down to. It comes down to simple mathematics. If you start Freed in Game 1 and then you start Morton in Game 2, that means in the first six games of the series, you're able to throw Morton or Freed four out of six times. And then if you are if you wind up being down for some reason through the first three games, maybe you go back to Freed in Game 4. Or if you're up, maybe you utilize a bullpen game. But if you go with Freed then Morton in Games 1 and 2, it minimizes the chances of you going with arms other than those two. It allows for you to feature them as much as possible. And while I do understand it does use them in Games 5 and Game 6, and if it if this series were to go to a Game 7, then you may not necessarily be able to use one of them for lengthy periods of time. When you're in the Braves position as an underdog, 
and you want to be aggressive, that simply is something that you figure out as the series goes along. So there's going to be a lot of big decisions to be made. Are there going to be any changes between the NLDS and the NLCS roster? How will the starting pitchers line up? Will there be any changes to the lineup itself based off who the Braves are facing with the Dodgers? It's going to be very interesting to see. But yes, while the Braves are going to be the underdog, while the Braves are the less talented team in this series, I do feel that this time around, the Braves having played the Dodgers for this now being the third time over the past four years, at some point in time, experience on this stage is going to pay off for Atlanta. At some point in time, the confidence gained from knowing that this this Braves core can beat these Dodgers on the biggest stage like they did three times last year, it's going to make a difference. Why not now be that time? That, that may not have been the most gr- grammatically correct way to ask that question, but why not let that time be now, is what I'm trying to say. Again, that's a very philosophical way of doing things while also ignoring the obvious statistical advantage the Dodgers likely have. But at the end of the day, the Braves should certainly have as much confidence as possible with how they're playing. And because of that, they should be as aggressive as possible, and that's why I think they should feature the arms of Max Reed and Charlie Morton and have the trust in their lineup and bullpen going into this series. It certainly is going to be a lot of fun to watch. As far as the lineup over here at Talking Chop, make sure to check out TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media for written content updating the preview of this series. Also, later on today, myself and the wonderful Eric Cole will be recording an NLCS preview, looking at the detailing, going deep into the matchup between the Braves and the Dodgers. Where could the Braves, though there may be few and far between, where could they potentially have some advantages? And then, of course, keep it to the Talking Chop Podcast Network with live re- with, with reactions from each game with talent such as Brad Rowland, Scott Coleman, Eric Cole, and others. It once again is a very exciting time to be a Braves fan. And while the Dodgers once again will be the obstacle that we have to overcome, I do feel that this version of the Braves is more prepared than ever with more reliable pitching than ever to get the job done. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Daily Hammer. Make sure to check out all the great content from the Talking Chop Podcast Network at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC. Go Braves, and we'll talk to you here again soon here on the Daily Hammer. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts.